which is why the these deposits cannot recover as long as interest rates are this high. So they won't. Well, hello there, my friends. Raf here from the Endgame Investor with this week's Silver Report for Arcadia Economics. The background behind me is blurry. I trimmed my beard because people have been saying my face is a little bit swollen, but it's just the hair. And on this week's Silver Report, we're going to focus a little bit more on gold because I think gold is leading the metals market into the next breakout. And why do I think the next breakout is soon or imminent? Uh, because we are at five-year lows in open interest on gold. And whenever there's an open interest rally, and there can only be open interest rallies from these low levels of open interest, there has been a price rally, and we will get to those charts. I also want to talk about the banking system, uh, why deposits have been bleeding out of the banking system despite money moving in from reverse repos, and what implications, more importantly, this is going to have for the next round of money printing. This has to do with the differential between savings rates and short-term treasury bill rates, which is an extreme differential, which is encouraging money to move out of the banking system and into treasuries, but that reverses itself at the next round of printing. And we'll see why in a second. As always, this week's Silver Report is brought to you by Fortuna Silver Mines, which got knocked down about 10% on Thursday after its earnings release, which we're going to get into, and you'll see why it was knocked down and why I think that knockdown was uh, ephemeral, evanescent, not going to last very long. Head and shoulders bottom pattern here. We have one shoulder here, the head here from the September bottom, and another shoulder here. And we're at the support here. You see we're touching the support from 2021. Uh, so we'd have two shoulders here and a head here, but let's get into the earnings statement. You'll see what happened here. So revenues were down about 6% and operating income was down about 41% because those revenues were down 6%. Despite the fact that net income is up uh, 106% from first quarter last year, they were below expectations that had a lot to do with a union dispute that was um, an issue this last quarter, and that has been resolved. That stopped production at one of its major, major mines, I believe it was in San Jose. The second issue is that the that Fortuna did successfully mine 4,000 ounces from its new mine in Seguela, but those sales were not recorded because they were booked a few days uh, after the close of the first quarter. They will be logged for the second quarter. And if they had uh, mined, if they had sold that gold a little bit earlier, like I think it was two weeks earlier, then yeah, the sales would not have been down six percent, and these numbers would be a lot different. But that will all make up for itself in the next quarter. So these are all timing and uh, external issues to the company, nothing to do with its fundamentals. That said, let's go on with this week's silver report, which is really more of a gold report this week, and we'll see why right now. First of all. On the silver technical front, we uh, we do have a retest of the 50-week moving average here. Uh, we see that we broke through it once we had a, ma a major bottom in uh, late August, early September 2022 of last year. We broke through the 200-week moving average here. We broke through the 50-week moving average here. And we retested it down here, broke through both of them again. And here we have tested the 200, and now we're testing the 50. So could we break through this? Yeah, it's possible. Uh, but for reasons that you'll see in a second, I think we're at uh, the tail end of this correction. We've been down for four weeks in silver. Same thing with gold. And what is going on in the bank system? And then we'll get to gold. So this, I think, is pretty important. We have here the uh, the Treasury's bank account at the Fed. So it's uh, this is a year chart from the, from Fred, from the St. Louis Fed. 
And we see here, this is when the account bottomed out, right? This is the debt ceiling uh, debacle again. And when the government was about to run out of money and the world was about to end. Uh, but then the debt ceiling issue was miraculously solved, uh, something that surprised all of us. The The Treasury was able to raise $550 billion. We see here we went from uh, less than $100 billion, I believe the bottom was about $23 billion, uh, to $550 billion. And now we're finally starting the descent. We've lost about $90 billion for the week. Uh, which means that the government's bank account at the at the Fed is moving down and money is now moving back into the banking system from the Treasury's account at the Fed at the fastest rate that it could uh, because they're not even raising money anymore, even if some of it's coming from reverse repos, a lot of it's coming from deposits. So we're going to see now why, despite this flow of money back into the banking system, if money is flowing out of the Treasury account, it's flowing into the banking system, why deposits are still falling and they are so we go to the next slide here this is the national savings rate if you keep money in a in a savings account in any bank in the us you get a savings rate of point zero point four two percent that's uh pretty much nothing if you keep your money in the savings account you're pretty much an idiot uh you wouldn't do that unless you just have money left over that you're not even paying attention to and you don't even know it's there so uh, why would you be an idiot? Because instead of earning 0.42% in a savings account, in a bank account, that you could be earning 5.354% with a one-month T-bill. Uh, so why would you forego that yield? You wouldn't, which means that nobody's nobody nobody who wants yield has a savings account now in a bank, right? So you're going to get one-month T-bills. Now, if you think about this for a second, if all of these would-be deposit holders are holding one-month T-bills instead or three-month T-bills or two-month T-bills, whatever they are, it's all a similar rate, then they're getting all this yield with these securities that are basically very, very close to cash. Now, what happens during the next money uh, round of money printing? What happens to the value of these bonds? So what you have is the value of those bonds that they that they own for the yield would skyrocket because the Fed would be buying them all in the next amount of money printing. So the people that own or the parties that own the short-term bonds now, when the Fed bids on them again in the next round, their value is going to skyrocket. Right now they're holding it because they want the yield. Uh, but when the value of these, the principal value of these bonds skyrocket because the Fed is pushing down interest rates again down to zero, then all of these parties that have these bonds are going to sell them to the Fed and the Fed is going to give them cash and the bank system is going to be flush with huge amounts of money overnight as these parties want to take their profits on their short-term treasury bills. You see here what has been happening to deposits. Uh, now, this is big bank deposits versus small bank deposits uh, with a timeline of the regional banking crisis low around March, April of this year. So we have here uh, on the top big bank deposits. This is what's happening in the banking system. And we have hit a new low in large bank deposits, which means money is still being sucked out of the banking system despite all of the reverse repo flow back into the banking system. It is not able to combat the deflationary contraction. And why not? Because you get more yield taking the money out of banks and putting them in T-bills than you do in savings accounts for almost nothing, which is why the these deposits cannot recover as long as interest rates are this high. So they won't. We see here 
this is not the same problem with small domestically chartered commercial banks because the ones that buy T-bills are mostly the big banks. So these banks uh, are not buying as much T-bills and the money supply in these banks is starting to climb back a little bit. But why is that? We have here the level for July 26th, the last read was $5.2 trillion, and the low post-regional banking crisis was $5.12 trillion. So where does that difference come from? Well, it comes from this, right? Here is the, the bank term funding program, the program that started during the regional banking crisis, which is basically the Fed offering to buy all of the treasury paper in the regional banks at, at face value. And the, this program is about $106 billion, which is pretty similar to the change in deposits at the small banks. If we go back here, we see here a low, uh, about $80 billion below where we are now. So much of this increase has to do with the Fed, the drip feed from the Fed coming to the small regional banks. Otherwise, they'd be losing deposits. The point of this being is that high interest rates where they are now, 5.4% on the T-bills, is really sucking money hard out of the banking system and it won't be counteracted until you reach the next financial crisis and the Fed reverses course, at which point all the people that own T-bills will sell them to the Fed and these people will be flush with cash and they'll shove it anywhere they can fit it because the yields will be zero and the prices of everything is going to skyrocket very quickly. Next round of printing, it's all loaded and ready and locked and loaded. But let's move to gold uh, and the open interest issue. Uh, I'm seeing something pretty significant going on now. Uh, first of all, gold is liquid. GLD, the GLD ETF, if you look at a, um, a five-year chart of the holdings in this ETF, it has been uh, the, the holdings of gold in the ETF have been basically liquidated since the pre-COVID era. All of the gold that has been accumulated into this ETF for trust storage has been liquidated pretty much and gone out to wherever it's gone to, whether that be the COMEX, whether that be the industry, or the stackers, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, there, the interest in paper GLD has waned, and we've hit a new post-2020 uh, low that we didn't see since, yeah, earlier in the pre-COVID days over here. Now we're going to move on to the open interest issue. So we see here that every open interest rally in gold is coincided with a price rally. Right now we are at uh, 427, it says 427, So below 430, the 430, uh, level, uh, thousand level for open interest, the amount of contracts open on the COMEX for gold. This is a number very rarely hit. Uh, and on this short term chart, about a year chart, you can see that every, every single open interest rally that we've seen when, when new contracts are open on net has coincided with the price rally. Every one of them. You have another rally here in open interest and a rally in price, another rally uh, in open interest and a rally in price, another rally in open interest and a rally in price, and finally here, and recently in July, a rally in open interest and a rally in price. So the point is, after this touch of 430000 we might get a little bit lower. It could happen. We might hang around here for a few weeks, or we might not. You know, you could reverse very quickly. But the point is, we're at open interest level where the next rally there has to be a rally in open interest and it will move higher. And as open interest moves higher, we're going to see a rally in the price. Now, if we zoom out and see how many times we've been this low in open interest, it's only been four times in the last five years. And that's it. And we can see, we've already saw these on the short-term chart. These, these uh, circles coincide with rallies in the price. But back here, these are major, major bottoms. So the last time uh, that we were below this level, 
was in 20, late 2018, and this was the first rally uh, from about, what is it, 11, 11, 7, or 1180 to about uh, 1300. That is a significant rally. It doesn't look that significant on a long-term chart, but you know, if you're holding gold, that is a significant rally. And we see here the last time after that that it touched the 430,000 open interest level. We had a major rally. Right? That was the big breakout to uh, 1420, I think, from about 1250, another major rally. So point is we're at a very, very low level in open interest and it's going to reverse. And when it does, the price action will reverse as well. And as much as technicals matter, what I think really matters much more is what is happening in the banking system. Deposits continue to contract. We are continue to be in a deflationary decline in money supply, which will eventually lead to a monetary and financial crisis. It will lead to the last one. In my opinion, it's going to be the last one. Maybe it won't be. I just don't see how the Fed can print itself out of the next crisis without a serious uh, destruction of dollars purchasing power. Since the Fed no longer publishes money supply on a weekly basis, I think they're scared. I can only go by deposits to determine by proxy what is going on with the money supply. And from what I see, it continues to contract further and further. So the next crisis is only a matter of time and not a very long one at that. Just depends on how big the auxiliary tank of money printed in 2021 lasts because we're still on an overhang from that. That's how much was printed. This is Ralphie with the Endgame Investor. If you enjoyed this video, then sign up for a two-week free trial of the Endgame Investor. Link in the description below and give credit to Chris and Yar and the Arcadia Economics team. Or you can become my patron on Patreon where I give a biblical angle on what is going on in the monetary sphere. For those who want to know what money was like and what people were doing with it 3,000 years ago.